Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Well, I didn't think you had it in you. I'm your huckleberry. This is Dirt and Sprague. Why, Johnny Ringo, you look like somebody just walked over your grave. With Andy Dirt Johnson and Brendan Sprague. It's not with you, Holiday. I beg to differ, sir. We started a game we never got to finish. Play for blood, remember? Dirt and Sprague on 1080. I was just fooling about. I wasn't. The fan. All right, welcome back in. Hour number two, Dirt and Sprague here on uh, Portland Sports Leader 1080 The Fan. We're on Twitter at 1080 The Fan. Give us a follow. And at Dirt and Sprague is our show page. Uh, we will be getting to the mail sack coming up at 815 today. So get those mail sack questions in. Uh, Dirt, I need to give you the drawing. Oh, okay. For the songs today. Yeah, I got. Yeah, you need to give them. To I'll me. Uh, I'll go find a hat or something that I I'll go get some paper and I'll cut them up and I'll put the five selections in and you draw it out and we'll get this before we get out for Christmas. Yeah, I'm waiting, man. You're welching on your bed over there, Jesus. I don't think I can technically be classified as a welcher. I'm give I'm... me the damn song. I want to sing. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll get your now Christmas. Now I just got to figure out where I'm going to sing it and how I'm going to do that. But you give me the song, I can handle the rest. I think you'll figure it. Out. You'll yeah. figure it out. We have uh, Brandon Huffman at 7.30 today. We'll talk to Brandon Huffman. It is the first uh, recruiting day. They have two of these now. Plus, they got the transfer portal open. So, uh, how has this day changed in comparisons to other years? We'll get Huffman's thoughts on how he's covering recruiting now versus, you know, maybe a different way or or just how he kind of feels about covering the whole landscape with the transfer portal. Uh, but we'll start there. Uh, yesterday, I uh, I get home. And I'm alerted to a text. Pete Thamel of ESPN fame. Sounds like you had a lisp there. Pete Thamel. Thamel? Thamel I, I can't get him word. to respond to an interview request, so I'm just saying his name how I, I want I should have to. tapped him on the shoulder. He was at the Oregon-UCLA game. I was standing by him what on the it? sidelines. What's up, Pete? Yo, Pete, like, what's the deal, bro? How much yeah. is it going to cost to get you on? How do we get you on? I've tried for Pete Thamel for years, but he's You know a... who dresses really pretentious? Uh, who? Reese Davis. Reese Davis is a t- national television host. I know. Just a real pretentious vibe. 
As any fancy shoes, fancy jeans, wearing like a vest and an overcoat, sunglasses. He's on like, television. This is over the top, man. Not at the time he's standing on the sideline. Do you Look, want everybody to just dress like Pat McAfee in yeah, a gold jacket and a tank do. top and two gold chains? I kind of do. Be yourself, all right? Be yourself. My wife said he looked like a douchebag. <laughs> she didn't know who Pat McAfee was, and she saw the bowl game and goes, who's this douchebag? And I was like, who? She goes, the gold jacket guy. I'm like, oh, that's Pat McAfee. That's just who he is. Can we get to a point, by the way, this is totally sidetracked because I don't want to talk about Dante more. It's depressing. Um, <laughs> can we get to a point in bowl games where we have people calling the games that know that know the teams. You didn't think that they, I thought they were doing I don't a pretty think, decent job. I thought job. they were horrible. I think Kirk Herbstreet wow. is like, he's a meditation guru now and he wants to put people to sleep. He just speaks in cliches. No. He's way overworked. He There's is. no chance he's watching all of this. No. And he's relying on information from other people. When he was just doing the one ABC college game of the week and that was his mojo, I thought he was great. And now I think it's a watered down version of him, which is not good. I'm not a big fan of the NFL broadcast on prime no it's not i mean it's just i know you not guys good people like it and we'll get to amazon stuff i today, like the but. quality of it because it's 4k and you know yeah. there, there's good camera angles and you get different options to watch i like i like that aspect of it sure. but as a broadcast it's not good but like i turned that game back on because in the third quarter oregon state opened it up i eventually turned it back on because the vikings game came to an end i'm like i don't right, go watch the rest of the beaver game and there was like eight minutes left in the fourth quarter and whatever, I guess this is what broadcasters have to do to fill time. It turned into like a 25-minute discussion about the college football playoff. Yeah. And I just thought to myself, the only people that are watching this game right now are people that, A, gambled on it, B, are Beaver fans or Florida fans. Like, that's it. Yeah. Like, you have a vested interest in watching this game. If you don't have a vested interest, you're not watching a 30 to nothing fourth quarter game. And it's just a, it was like a 30-minute national radio show. Instead of talking about who's Oregon State bringing in in the transfer portal, what quarterback should they go after? What, what could is, they be next year? What does yeah. their recruiting class look yeah. like? How about the, the you know, keeping your defensive coordinator, and how's that going to translate to next season? Like, there's just little nuances that you don't get when you get nationally televised games. It, they, they bother me. Well, outside of the playoff teams, though, it's hard for I think broadcasters to present that stuff is it not in these bowl games which is why like give me you know give me the Florida guy and Mike Parker calling the game on ESPN simulcast it on whatever let radio Mike Parker go on let ESPN. Mike Parker like on that. ESPN yeah. he knows the beeves in and out yes, I'd does. rather listen to Mike Parker call the game Pat McAfee's great he's entertaining he's funny but you know like there's just that dude is so busy from what his schedule is, he's not diving into the nuances of Oregon State's roster. Well, I was not expecting a Kirk Herbstreet rant about an Oregon State bowl game that was largely not entertaining unless you were a Beaver fan. Yeah, it was great for Beaver fans. Uh, it was. I watched the whole thing. It was fantastic. All right, I'm ready now. Uh, okay. Well, I get home yesterday, and I got wind that Pete Thamel reports. Dante Moore flipping from Oregon. He is now going to UCLA, five-star quarterback, third highest prospect in his class um what happened here what <laughs> i know we get we'd ask huffman this question but like yeah, he'll be able to better answer than i will but you're more invested in this stuff than i am you you follow and read a lot of recruiting people and you try to get a wide-ranging scope of it like mm -hmm. i didn't even know i know he took a visit but i just kind of figured he was a kid taking advantage of free visits I thought this was a done deal. Landing visited him in Detroit uh, a couple a week or two ago. They just had a, another assistant coach was just in Detroit and talked to him again. They mm -hmm. they FaceTimed with him. I, I thought this was a done deal. Do you know what happened? Uh, from the reporting and from what I've read and what I've heard, it, it was a, a threefold thing. 
First was his, Kenny Dillingham was his primary recruiter. So that that's the big. That was right the there. first big domino to fall. Kenny Dillingham was more in charge of recruiting Adante more than anybody else. He recruited him when he was at Florida State, when he was a sophomore and junior in high school. So he's had a long term relationship with this kid, and he followed him to Oregon, obviously, and was that was the coach he wanted to go play for. And when he left to go to ASU. Uh, it, it was the first like crack in the armor, if you will, of, uh-oh, is this really where I still want to go? Now, Oregon tried to pull out all the stops. They sent, as you mentioned, their new offense coordinator. The first thing he did when he got hired was fly right to Detroit to visit this kid. Um, I, I think the other two dominoes that fell were he is, and this is the weird part that I'm going to keep an eye on, he is claiming that he wants to play right away. Yes. And that's a driving force for his decision. I would imagine that's the case. And Bo Nix is coming back. We talked about that yesterday. That was announced this weekend. Of course, on the heels of Bo Nix announcing he's coming back, what does Dante Moore do? The very next day, he flips his commitment to UCLA. The reason I bring that up as being weird is that UCLA just brought in a transfer quarterback this weekend. They've got about, I think I saw a list, they have five quarterbacks now. Yes. Uh, and I don't know what they're guaranteeing these kids, but they brought in the, the Kent State starting quarterback, who, I mean, you talk to people around I didn't watch Kent State much this year but people around college football he's pretty good he's one of those guys you take him from a small school to a bigger school like he can have a lot of success at the at the at the next level and so that was the weird one for me because I saw him commit and I thought well you're not committing because I'm assuming there were other starting offers for him and he decided on UCLA I would imagine you're going there knowing that hey I'm gonna have a good shot at winning this job but then Dante Moore says playing early is a big priority for him and that's why he wanted to go uh, to UCLA and it was also reported and the NIL stuff I don't know what to believe anymore everybody reports everything and I'm, I'm sure 97 percent of it's absolute BS uh, there was a report that UCLA came in with an NIL offer that was ginormous that they don't they don't have a big NIL thing they don't recruit particularly well so they're not spending a lot of NIL money and they put all their eggs into one basket and that basket was Dante Moore and it, it was too much for Oregon to match or it was enough to sway him away uh, but from what I've read and heard those were the three dominoes that it was Kenny Dillingham leaving was the first moment he thought oh I don't know what's going on there he was the guy that recruited me I'm going to play right away he's clearly not going to play next year if he comes to Oregon because Bo Nix is going to be the starter and there was reportedly a massive offer of an NIL from UCLA I never know what to believe on NIL anymore because I just saw a story that basically said a lot of people lie about NIL yes and he said in his statement of his flipping commitment that NIL had nothing to do with it which I kind of believe says, that, no, but, but I kind of yeah. believe him. Uh, I'm sure he's going to get some money, but uh, they basically run the studies and the average kid is making like a thousand dollars or something like yeah. there's the NIL is not like outside of the kid in Tennessee. It ain't what it's been hyped to, right? Caleb Williams, I think, got three million, but he gets a deal from Beats by Dre and mm -hmm. it's easy to do that in L.A. I, I, I don't I would imagine this has that has to do with playing. And I'm curious, like. There's a trade-off here, right? It's the unproven five-star kid. You have one of those already on the roster versus the guy who was having a Heisman campaign until like week eight, week nine. Oh, I mean, it's a no-brainer that you take Bo over Dante Moore. I know it's only Despite one year. Despite what the future, you, without you, a doubt. You, because... you ranted about this not very long ago that you the portal is fine and it can be beneficial, but you also just miss being able to have like the the the, the recruited kid yeah. who you develop and you watch him blossom like Herbert did as a, a, a freshman all the way up or Mariota and finally get his time and he just shines. So maybe you'll end up getting another quarterback and it's not really going to matter all that much. I never know how to feel about this stuff <laughs> because my team's never really in this stuff. But it was just interesting yesterday to lose Dante Moore, but you already had Bo Nick say he's coming back, and so it's like, 
what do you care more about next year or the next two or three years? Yeah, look, for me, it's an easy answer because I know what the commodity is. And the commodity next year is a guy that showed when he was healthy was one of the best quarterbacks in the country. The numbers back that up. And is there any nerves about Will Stein's offense and it just really. being different? Of because Dillingham's fit him so well. And I'm not saying Stein's offense sucks, it doesn't appear to, but. I, I, I'm wondering about that for Oregon is what's the difference going to be? Is there any fall off? Is there an improvement in some ways? I'm sure. curious how that's going to all sort I, itself yeah, out. I, we won't know until they take the field next year. I, from everything that I've heard from Will Stein and what people have said about UTSA, it sounds like the exact same offense that Oregon ran this year. At times they can go heavy, two personnel, you know, or, or 12 personnel go under center and we're going to burn the clock and run the football down your throat. At times we're going to spread you out, go four or five wide, and we're going to use tempo. There's going to be balance. We're going to take deep shots. Like it, it sounds exactly like Kenny Dillingham's offense. The only question for Oregon will be what's the offensive line look like? You're losing some guys up front. Are the freshmen, young guys that you brought in ready to play? What happens with Caden Proctor, which is a big name we'll talk Huff, uh, ask Huffman about here coming up in 15 minutes. Um, I, I don't have a huge concern, though, that the offense is going to fall off. The, 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 what hurt the most at all this was the fact that Oregon had the situation set up perfectly. Like, this was a dream scenario. You landed the highest-rated quarterback in Oregon history. Dante Moore would have been that. He's the number 10 or whatever overall player, depending on what you look at. In most places, he's a top 10, top 12 player in the country. You would have had him come in, and he could have sat behind and learned from Bo Nix for a year, hand the reins to him his redshirt freshman or sophomore year, depending on how many games he appears in next year, and it's just a seamless transition. That's why this hurt. But when given the choice of a known commodity over an unknown commodity, you take the known commodity every time. Now, this doesn't mean Dante Moore is not going to be a you – know, who knows? He could win a Heisman at UCLA. could win a national champion. I don't know what he's going to do at UCLA. But we've just we've seen this enough in recruiting that like the last major, major quarterback target that Oregon missed out on that felt like an absolute knife in the back when it happened because it felt like they had a chance to get him was DJ Uyunglele, who was the number one overall player in the country. And it was between Clemson and Oregon that he had to decide between. He ends up going to Clemson, and it was like, oh my, what a missed opportunity for that coaching staff to not get him. And now three years later, what are we saying? He's in the transfer portal, and things didn't work out for him at Clemson. So you always take the known over the unknown. It just to have the opportunity to bring in a kid reportedly of his caliber, have him sit for a year, learn, and then hand the reins. Like That seamless transition is what I want to get back to. In the modern era of college football, it doesn't hurt quite as much because there's always going to be another guy in the portal. It sounds like there's they already have a plan B. They're going after some four-star quarterback that's been committed to Baylor for a long time that their OC has a good relationship with, so they're already recruiting him hard. He might even have been in town this week. So they've pivoted. I think the staff has known this was going to happen. Yeah. Uh, it just When you lose the way they did at the end of the year and then you start the recruiting landscape this way, Way. We'll see what happens on Wednesday, tomorrow, because it's signing day. And they got to finish big. Yep. Uh, it just it, th- this one stung. This one hurt a bit, hurt a bit. Uh, we got Huffman coming up at the bottom of the hour. Uh, back with a little bit more. We'll get to the mail sack at eight fifteen. Dirt and Sprague seven uh, fifteen on the. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. 
Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Goodbye, Jack Coletto. Good luck to the NFL. Was anybody? Were you surprised by that? Was that expected? No. Uh, what's his fit in the NFL? Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill. Without a shot at quarterback. <laughs> okay. I He's see him everything. getting drafted in the sixth or seventh yeah. round. Yep. Okay. Uh, you got a guy that can play on every special teams. Dirty's been there for a while. I know he has. Uh, He's been there six years. Six hasn't years because the COVID yeah. year didn't count. Yeah. If he's ever going to have a chance, like his stock cannot get much higher. Well, and it just you know some look some guys are Cam McCormick's. They want to play for eight, nine years in college, yeah. and they get the opportunity to. God bless you. Go, go do it. Go I don't think he dream. wanted to. I think he didn't Well, have, you he know did, what I mean. Yeah, he didn't, yeah, didn't have a choice. Yeah. yeah. S- some injury stuff and some things happen, but <laughs> sure. you know, you catch what I'm saying. Some guys want to do that, and Cam McCormick can maybe put on some better tape and get drafted. I just don't, I don't see a scenario where Jack Coletto improves or hurts draft stock. That's fair. So, you know, he's given everything. Also, too, just take into account, like, Ending your season that way—that's a yeah, pretty good way go to end your season. High. That's the highest of highs. You beat—you had a big comeback against Oregon. You got to nine wins, and you then beat you beat an SEC team for the first time ever. You clobber the JV SEC team in the bowl game to get to ten. Like that's—that's that's a great way to go out. I don't know what his NFL future is. He's a good football player, though. If he goes to the right team that understands, but you can now have an emergency third quarterback on your roster, so you only have to carry two. Mm-hmm. Um. He's special teams guy. Special teams guy all over the place. Whatever. Um, And then you can short yardage, obviously goal line situations. Now he comes in, you put him at an H back. He he can do anything and run wildcat. Uh, No, the the right NFL mind will go, oh my God, there's so many things I can do with a guy like this. And you know his level of dedication, you know, what he's done. He'll get drafted like sixth or seventh round. If Juwan Johnson is a good enough athlete and he figures it out, I think Jack Coletto can be the same way. Like, you don't think much of his NFL prospects, but he finds the right spot and it can work for him. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I didn't see it coming from Juwan Johnson, that's for sure. He's having a great year for the Saints. He's having a really good year for the Saints. Not many people are having a good year for the Saints. He is one of the few that is having a good year for the New Orleans Saints. Yes. Look, I don't know what his future is in the NFL. I think there's kind of that, what's the strength outside of special teams? Uh, But all I know is I'm going to be rooting like hell for him. He was a fun player to watch in college unless he was converting fourth downs on my team. That was not enjoyable to watch. But he's a a local kid, easy to root for, and would be an amazing story in the NFL. He he will go down in history 
as one of the more memorable Oregon State football players. That he, he became a cult hero. He did. To a certain extent over the last couple of years because of all the things that he did and the way that he helped the team win. Uh, Brandon Huffman, the Huffman, is going to join us at 7.30 for his usual check-in on the uh, 7.30 daily ticker time, which he always likes to tell me, do you hate that people sleep or what's your deal? <laughs> Do you not like letting people sleep? He gives me a little crap for that, but he's always gracious with his time when we can get him on, and so he's going to hop on with us in signing days tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> it is, it's tea leaf season. Okay, Yesterday we got maybe an idea of where the Pac-12 media deal is going to get to. We'll get to that later. Yeah, I was tagged in something that's pretty important. Oh, what'd you get tagged oh, in? Boy. So important that I said, I'm bringing this to the show because we must share this with the masses. What wow. did OSU Karen get tagged in? Uh, OSU Karen... Got tagged in by a former intern of this show who's also a diehard Beaver fan. Uh, who DJ Uangalele is following now. Oh, okay. Um, Brian Lingren, Jonathan Smith, Oregon State. Aha. T Leave Say. Aha. We're getting a five star quarterback. <laughs> It'd be great. I don't know why he wouldn't go to Oregon State. Go there's not buy a better your number fit. one jersey. I would not buy a, a player jersey. No. Um, no. If there's you not buy a, a jersey, fit. we're putting Karen on it. So that's that's just you need stop. a personalized jersey. <laughs> is Matt and Pullman ultimately going to win? He is. Yeah, now, what won. number would Karen? What number would Karen be? Uh, it'd have to be a number that really bothers her. Like, can you put 420 on a jersey? Yeah, 69, Karen. 69. Oregon State 69 no. with Karen on the back. I think Karen would be number one. <laughs> number one? It's all about Karen. <laughs> it's all about Karen. Karen don't care about anybody else. Yeah, that's a good question. What would Karen wear as a jersey? What's the number? I think one is probably the answer. Uh, but, you know, I think this is... It does it mean anything? Uh, no, it doesn't. But no. Why is he following him? Huh? Uh, 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 ask yourself that question. Answer. Riddle me that, Batman. This I is, mean, it'd be big if they could get him. Dude, it'd be huge. It's he's better than Ben Gobranson. How good is DJ Ungalale? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what his ceiling is. But I gotta I'm, say his name right. Yeah, we gotta we gotta learn that first. Uh, I'm done though predicting what quarterbacks can be in next stops because yeah. go back and read every tweet that I had about Bonix coming to Oregon last year, and I look like an idiot. Go back and look what we said about Michael Penix going to Washington. We all look like idiots, and they're going to go into next season as two of the highest favorited Heisman candidates. So I'm done predicting what guys can do at the next level. He's better than Ben Goldbranson. I know that. Yeah, He's going to have a good defense, a good run game. I'm already acting like as if he's already transferred there. Because you know he's so following. Shout out to former intern for <laughs> tweeting that. I mean, it's, But this would be huge. Like this is I, I, I chuckle at you, and I learned this about myself yesterday. I chuckle at you because I, th- I feel like you and I are the same fan. That we're we're both level headed ninety four percent of the time. Sure, like you know, I, I upset Oregon fans sometimes when I say, "Hey, nine or ten wins, like that's a good year." I don't expect championships every year. Ten and two, like that's I'm okay with that, man. I know where the program has been. I know the history. I'm okay just being relevant in the conference, having a chance to win conference championships. And you're that way too. We also though fall in love very quickly, mm-hmm. and it does not take much for us to go from that stance of like, "Man, I'm just level headed. Give me nine or ten wins." To the the first sign of hope, it's like head over heels. We fall. And and I did it this year with Dan Lanning and the love affair that built when they were on that eight game winning streak. And I think you're you're a little bit in that camp right now on Oregon State. What makes your opinions more valid is if they land a quarterback in the transfer portal. That's the big thing for you, them. You yes. have like this is yeah. where I, you and I will disagree slightly. Is that I don't think Oregon State can win the Oregon State has not won an outright Pac-12 championship since 1964. And I don't even know if 1964 was an outright championship. It's the Pac-8. A, it was Pac-8. It's been a long time. Okay. To put them in that category, you're not going to do it without a quarterback. Sure. You're just not. You can be good. You can win nine games. You can pull off some upsets. You can beat Oregon. You can be – no doubt about that. But to win the conference and then go to a conference champion, like be, be the top two, 
go to a conference championship and then beat another elite team in that game, you have to have quarterback play. And so if they land EJ Uyunglele, uh, they're they're right there in the mix with everybody else. Uh, I I know they they've tried. I you know these some of these players are going to get paid. They'll make a nice little payday. I know they've tried for the card kid out of Texas, but I I never know how to feel about that stuff. I never put my eggs all in the basket. I like to have fun with it when we talk about it on the show. Just get somebody would be my motto. That's the I don't big care thing who it is. Yes. I don't know which guy's going to be good, which guy's not going to be good. I thought JT Daniels would be good. He sucked. I thought what's the uh, what's his nut that went to Pitt? Slovis. I thought he was going to be a good quarterback at Pitt. He was terrible. This is where probably the OSU Karen kind of rears her head. I just and I really do feel this way, man. I do think JT Daniels would have been good. If he went to the right school. Maybe he would have been. I think Keaton Slovis would have been good if he went to the right school. And I just think with their situation this year, with their coaching staff, that was the right situation. But, you know, you can't fault anybody for choosing to go get the the better deal. I'll ask you quick, and then we'll go to Huffman. Mm -hmm. I I, I know you're not abandoning him because this is where the level-headedness comes in, but not, not a great current ride here for Dan Lanning the last like month I would say right not a good end of the season not a good start to recruiting I think he's done well in the transfer portal so far they've landed three kids two of them from Alabama that hey welcome them with open arms if they're going to Alabama a DB and a receiver correct yeah and so that's a good start positions in need and let's see how tomorrow goes they got a chance to flip some guys they had a big recruiting weekend this last weekend they have a top 15 recruiting class in the country right now in, any anything outside of the top twelve or thirteen, I think would be a disappointment. Okay, because you should be recruiting at that level. Uh, they're right there with USC, though, so that leaves me encouraged. The biggest concern I have, and a listener texted this in, it, on the Dante Moore thing, he he brought up briefly the idea of if he plays at UCLA, he will get to play in his home state. He will get to play against teams from the area that he's in because they're going to the Big Ten in a year. Oh, that I mean, that's a good point. And so that was that to me. If you want to ask me the existential crisis that exists in the fan base right now, it's like, is that going to be a thing? Like, are you not going to be able to recruit guys? Or, like, are they all going to want to go to USC or UCLA if they're coming to the West Coast because they're going to go back and play in their home state? That's the big fear that I have right now, more so than anything. Well, let's uh, let's get the lowdown in the Pac-12 with Oregon, UCLA, Oregon State, Washington, the Cougs maybe, even OSU Karen will do it. We will go there. We'll talk to Brandon Huffman coming up next for the Daily Ticker. Don't forget the mail sack at 8.15, so get those mail sack questions in. A lot more to get to. Brandon Huffman's next. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. In this wide world of sports, some stories can slip through the cracks. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Pelican Brewing presents the Daily Ticker, where Dirt and Sprague visit with the insiders that are covering the stories you've heard about, and some you haven't. How'd you do that? Actually, I'm not even mad. It's amazing. The Daily Ticker with Dirt and Sprague is brought to you by Pelican Brewing, born at the beach. All right, Daily Ticker time here on a Tuesday brought to you in the fam by Pelican Brewing Company, born of the beach online at pelicanbrewing.com. Tomorrow is the first national signing day. Lots of anticipation, excitement, what's going to happen. Joining us now is our good friend Brandon Huffman. He's the national recruiting editor for 24-7 Sports, at Brandon Huffman on Twitter. And he is kind enough to wake up this early in the morning for us, and we always appreciate it when he does. Uh, Huffman, let me ask, I mean, my Ducks lose Dante Moore yesterday. Uh, 
how painful should that be for me as a fan? Was it a surprise? What was your reaction to Oregon uh, quarterback commit flipping to UCLA? I would say it was a surprise. I mean, in the last five days, it started to percolate a little bit on Thursday, but the fact that it even happened, the fact that he was even being discussed five days ago was a surprise. Most people thought that with Kenny Dillingham's departure three weeks ago and Dante Moore, you know, sticking with Oregon, not visiting Arizona State, it looked like he was going to sign with Oregon. Then he took the official visit 10 days ago to UCLA, and that's when things started to trend towards is he going to leave his commitment to Oregon? Is UCLA really going to pull this off? And then a little bit over a week later, they did pull it off. So it does hurt. When, you, when you're Oregon and, you know, you bring in a quarterback of his caliber, when you stop recruiting all of the other quarterbacks in the country and you, you own in on a guy that's a top three quarterback nationally, you don't necessarily think you need to have a backup plan. And then when you, he doubles down and it seems like he's sticking with you after the OC leaves, again, you don't think you need to have a backup plan. And then here you are three days before signing day, without a backup plan. Well, Huffman, I, I guess I'll ask you kind of a two-parter because there's another kid that's interesting up in your neck of the woods, Caleb Presley, who is seems to be an Oregon commit, but now he's openly flirting with Washington. Like, where's what's the latest that you've heard on that? And then how should, you know, to add kind of this, how should Duck fan feel right now? Because the season did not end exactly how they wanted to, and then you had losing a five-star quarterback, you got this kid kind of up in the air. Where, where do you think everybody should be at right now with Dan Lanning? Well, I think there's a little bit of patience. You know, when you look at where it was a year ago after the way they, the season fell apart with the two losses to Utah, with Mario Cristobal leaving, the a class that looked like it had a chance to be really good, maybe lost a few guys, but then it rallied late getting a commitment from Josh Connerly and obviously showed some promises here. The news that Bo Nix is coming back certainly can't hurt Oregon fans, but obviously there is a little bit of reason for concern when you lose a quarterback of the caliber of Dante Moore because guys like him aren't just readily available. But going back to the backup plan, they actually do have somewhat of a backup plan. Austin knows that out of the state of Texas, they've been recruiting him. Will Stein's been recruiting him. Uh, has a relationship there, so that could be it. But then you go with the, the news that Caden Proctor, who Oregon had in for a visit in mid-November, is probably going to end up at Alabama if he doesn't stay local and go to Iowa. Oregon thought they had him in the bag after the visit. He took it officially in November. Now you lose Dante Moore, you lose the potential Caden Proctor, and then Caleb Presley, a school, a player in a state that you want to get the top player from and against the school that you want to get the top player over, now it looks like he's trending back to Oregon. The good news is if you're an Oregon fan, while there may be a couple losses here, they are now trending for Jaden Lamar, four-star running back, committed to Notre Dame right now, but the Ducks could flip him. So. With all the bad news coming, there might be a little bit of measure of bright news popping up for the Ducks in the next day or two. Okay, well, that's, uh, you gave me a little bit of a character. I appreciate that, Huffman. I needed some encouraging news. The Proctor <laughs> stuff sucks because, I, you know, who doesn't want some hogs on the offensive line? That kid looks massive. And uh, anybody that, that uh, Alabama wants to recruit, I, I would love to get my hands on. Let's look at Oregon State. Aiden Child seems like he's the, the, the cream of the crop of this recruiting class, and he's been committed for a long time. Uh, excited about what Jonathan Smith is building. What have you made of Oregon State the way they ended their year? The difficult nature of having to play a bowl game the weekend right before signing day uh, just how you see them finishing going into that tomorrow? Well, I don't think that they necessarily had the foresight back in the spring to know that they would be playing a bowl game the final weekend of visits, but Oregon State did a lot of the heavy lifting back in the spring, doing a number of their official visits back in May and back in June. I think, obviously, with the half the stadium kind of you know being torn down for part of the year, they wanted to limit how many official visits they had coming in. They wanted to make sure that 
when they had visitors come in during the season, it was during the SD game or during the Oregon game. So they did a lot of their, their big visits back in the spring or during the season. And then it ended up paying off because they do have a top 50 class, which if you're an Oregon State fan, you've got to be excited about. Remember when Jonathan Smith took over, what a disaster it was, how much he had to rely on JUCOs, how much he had to rely on the transfer portal. Now you go look at their class in 2023, and the one thing you're going to see missing from it right now, there's no JUCO transfers in this class. You also look, and there's, I'm sorry, there's one JUCO transfer in this class, but there's no players in the transfer portal just yet. Now, not to say that they're not going to add players in the portal. There's a, obviously a lot of talk that maybe they go to the quarterback route in the portal. Maybe a guy like DJ Leongalele makes a good fit in Oregon or at Oregon State. But I think if you look at this class, you'll realize that there's a lot of high school players. And to consider where they were when Jonathan Smith took over, where they had to rely so much on instant impact guys, now they can go and develop, and that's how you end up with a 10-win team when you're able to develop, when you're able to get guys in that maybe are a little bit off the beaten path or a little bit more under the radar, and then you win 10 games with that team. It's showing the trending direction Oregon State's going, and Aiden Childs is the absolute alpha in this class, both on the field and off the field. And he may be maybe the most seminal recruit that Jonathan Smith has landed since he's been at Oregon State. Yeah, Huffman, I, I saw you on CBS like a week or two ago, and you, you said like if you're a quarterback, like you're looking at Oregon State because of the situation. And I, I, I agree with that. I, I guess I'll ask. I, I'm reading tea leaves, and that's probably the stupidest thing I could do because, you know, people like you exist. But DJ's following the coaching staff now, and I, I, I hate to get over my skis here because Aiden Childs is coming in like – balancing having Aiden Childs because it sounds like this kid's the real deal versus going after a guy like DJ, like how difficult that's got to be in modern college football. I, I think it's, it's one of those situations though, where might end up working out to every party's advantage. And the fact that you don't necessarily have to rush a true freshman to play, even if he's got the skill set, even if he's got the chops to play, you don't need, necessarily need to rush him into play. You get a guy who's got two and a half years worth of starting experience. You know, remember, DJ played a lot as a true freshman when Trevor Lawrence had COVID. You know, his only loss that he suffered that year was an overtime loss on the road to a playoff team in Notre Dame. The last two years, if you just looked at DJ's numbers in a vacuum, you would think this guy's actually had a pretty good career, but when you base it against the Trevor Lawrence's and the Deshaun Watson's and what Clemson's used to, it's not as good. So I think the change of scenery for him is valuable. But what also could help is the fact that, you know, there's no opportunity to go to USC with Caleb Williams there. UCLA took a transfer quarterback already. Maybe he needs to stay out of his comfort zone and not revert to just going back home, but come to the West Coast, but yet still get away from Los Angeles. And there's a school that maybe is just a quarterback away from being a 10-win team to now a potential conference championship team, a potential playoff team in Oregon State. And, you know, it, it could be good for DJ's career to get some great quarterback, hands-on quarterback coaching from the Oregon State staff and Jonathan Smith. And it would be great for Oregon State if they could get a quarterback who's, you know, won 20 games as a starter like DJ has. And it seems to be the most logical marriage. And I think that allows you to bring Aiden Childs along slowly. And Bengal Brantz is still going to have a say in what's going on too. But if you get a powerful arm like a DJ where that change of scenery benefits all parties, it may be that that's the move to go. And then you bring in Aiden Child slowly. And then 2024, maybe it's his turn to shine, but you don't have to rush him. 
Interesting. We're talking about national recruiting editor for 24-7 Sports, our friend Brandon Huffman, at Brandon Huffman on Twitter. Tomorrow is the first of the national signing days. I, we do got to talk about the schools up north. I know we briefly got to Washington, but a chance they flipped Caleb Presley. Uh, just outside the top 25, I think, right now on 24-7, 28, somewhere in that range in team rankings. I'm curious what you made of, you know, Washington shocked everybody in winning 10 games this year. And has that parlayed itself onto the recruiting trail? Is it a good class, disappointing class? How do you feel about the, the Huskies? And then what are the Cougs doing? I haven't paid much attention to what Washington State and Dickert have going there in year one. So what are things looking like tomorrow for Washington and Washington State? Yeah, I think Washington's got to be pretty thrilled with where they sit recruiting-wise. It's always going to be hardest to to get a lot of guys to commit early when there's just an unfamiliarity with the coaching staff. And by the time the team put together a 10-1 season, so many of their top targets in the Pacific Northwest had already made decisions elsewhere. But they stayed in the mix for Caleb Presley. After losing Josh Connerly to Oregon a year ago, after losing JT Tumolo out and Mecca Egbuka the year before that to Ohio State, Washington needed to at least get one elite in-state player. And now they're in a position where they may pull that out. But I really think they're going to see that bump in the 2024 class with mm. another talented in-state group. But what you're also seeing Washington do is because that they benefited from it greatly this year with Michael Penix is they've gone back to the transfer portal. They were able to get an elite uh, receiver in Jeremy Bernard, who was actually committed to them for two years, flipped to Michigan State after Junior Adams left Washington to go to Oregon. Now he's coming back. You get a multi-year starter in Raylan Goforth, who started at USP. He's coming in. You get a multi-year starter in Joe Moore, a pass rusher from Arizona State. So guys that are familiar with the Pac-12. And then they had a couple of guys that are kind of intriguing, one being Zach Durkee, who played at a Division II school, but it just happened to be the Division II school that Kalen DeBoer coached and played at when they were in NAI school, Sioux Falls, guy who grew three inches and gained about 40 pounds mm -hmm. as a high school quarterback. Now he was a, a D2 All-American pass rusher. And then a tight end out of Cal Poly, a big sky kid who over the last week also added offers from Michigan, Ohio State, and Utah. So they're hitting the portal for maybe some of those big sky guys. You know, Caleb DeBoer being a small college guy himself realizes there's good football being played. So they're hitting the portal really hard over the last week. They've gotten five commitments from the portal. But I think you're going to really see their high school bump happen in the next day or two if they can get Caleb Presley and then really in the 2024 class. You know, meanwhile, Washington State's class was kind of hit hard last week coming down, you know, your guys' neck of the woods. Sam Levitt, who was the highest-rated player in their class, a quarterback out of Westland, a longtime commit to, to Washington State, flips his commitment to Michigan State on the heels of Eric Morris taking the off, or the head coaching job at North Texas. So that's a big blow to the Cougs because they also lost the quarterback they signed in 2021. There's no guarantee that Cam Ward sticks with the Cougs right now. He can bounce back and you know bounce around right. himself. So the Cougs kind of hurting a little bit in the last couple of days with this 2023 recruiting class. Yeah, that would that would be tough to lose Cam Ward on top of it. Oof. Brandon Huffman, he's a national recruiting editor for 24-7 Sports. Give him a follow on Twitter, at Brandon Huffman. He's one of our good friends, and he's kind enough to wake up early in the morning on signing day eve. I know you're going to be busier than hell, man. We always appreciate the time. Thanks for the insight on everything going on here in the Northwest. You bet, fellas. There you go. Brandon Huffman of 24-7 Sports. Don't say a word, OSU Karen. I don't want to hear from you right now. Uh, let's talk a little recruiting, though, shall we? Because tomorrow is national signing day. Uh, you're just going to totally fly right over that Cam Ward comment, Washington State comment. We're not even going to address it. I, I won't we're, say. I didn't, I didn't even, say we're that. We're not going to address it. You that didn't say me. anything. You're that just, wasn't me. You were just sitting here. You yep. didn't even ask the question. I didn't ask that question. You were just sitting there peacefully. Uh, how is everybody feeling? Tomorrow was signing day. Oregon State, did they finally landed their quarterback? Washington, momentum building. Also, I do have a... a 
a, a dangle of good news for Oregon, even though the Dante Moore stuff hurt yesterday, and I'll explain what that is. We'll talk a little signing day. That is next on The Fan. Well, tomorrow is National Signing Day. We'll stay in the Pac-12, by the way, here coming up at the top of the hour. Some broadcast news. How do we feel? Uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, looking at the four Northwest schools, let me find everybody. Uh, currently, your class is going into tomorrow. Oregon is ranked 14th, which is second in the conference behind USC, who is 13th overall. Washington is uh, 28th right now in the country, although that, as Huffman just said, likely to move up. Sounds like they're going to flip Caleb Presley, local kid from Oregon. Mm -hmm. That should be happening in a moment now. Uh, Oregon State currently ranked 48th in the country with 19 commitments so far in this class. Cougs, where you at? Where you at, Cougs? 63rd for Washington State. 63rd. So that's where everybody's at going into the class. Looking at the quarterbacks, though, I think that's the – the main focal point, we talk about quarterbacks a ton. Aiden Childs is uh, one of the better quarterbacks in the country. I believe 24-7 have, has him as the number 17 overall quarterback in all of college football coming out, or I should say all of high school football uh, coming out. And he seems like the cream of the crop for, for Jonathan Smith and Oregon State and the guy that they are pinning. You know, we'll see what happens with DJ. I know they want to land a transfer quarterback desperately, uh, but they want to, I would assume, like any other program, Oregon's trying to do this too, find a guy, develop a guy, yeah. groom him to be the next starting quarterback. And Aiden Childs, man, all all, all the hopes and wishes of Beaver fans are in the basket of Aiden Child. Yeah, I mean, it's it's no different than where all these other programs that get one of these players go, right? It's it's this kid could be the real deal. He could be the real article. A 6'4", 200-pound two, kid yep. who's a dual athlete and can maybe do things in Jonathan Smith, Brian Lindgren's offense that, that we haven't really seen. Like, think of Chance Nolan, but hopefully significantly better than that. Um, I didn't. I guess I didn't think about the DJ thing the way Huffman did, where DJ could come in for one year, and if he has a good year... Off to the NFL he goes. He could go to the NFL now. He's been right, in college for right. three years, yeah. But I think we know he needs another year to kind of show the resume and the tape for the NFL to go, yeah, we're biting. Because I think right now it would be a lot of, well, physically, yes, but what we've seen on tape, no. And one good year in Corvallis could maybe do that for him and mm-hmm. give Aiden Childs that that one year of uh, that grace period. It's exciting, man, because you, you rattle off the rankings I mean, Oregon State's going to be like a top fifty or forty-five or whatever school in the rank. I, I don't, I don't, I don't care. They'll get who they need to get. Smith. They talked about this a little bit during the bowl game. Smith going off about he wants to get back to a mix of getting guys in that are plug and play and developing. Yeah, you got to have that balance. That's how Oregon State always needs to operate. How state schools like them normally need to operate. So. Recruiting class rankings don't mean much for me. They've got one position of need coming in. That is hopefully kind of the, the the savior of the future of that position while still flirting and dabbling with maybe getting a transfer person in for one year. So I, I more look at that than I do like the overall class of itself. That'll have a much bigger short-term impact than whatever your yes. signing day class is ranked tomorrow. Because I'm short-term talking right now. I'm not talking about where Oregon State's in two or three years. We'll have to wait and see on that. But in the short term, it, you, I think you feel good about where Oregon State is at right now. Yeah, I'll say too, and Huffman brought it up briefly there. For those that don't know, so Oregon lost on Dante Moore, which was a blow. We talked about that earlier in the show, earlier this hour. Uh, it came out pretty quickly. They have already pivoted and they began pivoting behind the scenes 
and they've been actively recruiting another quarterback already. And uh, the other quarterback is Austin Novasad, I believe is how you say his name, Austin Novasad. Yeah, I just read about him a little bit. Yeah, and for those who don't know anything about him, he's he is a top 10 quarterback in the country, so it's not a bad plan B. He's been committed to Baylor for a long time, and he has a good relationship with Will Stein. Will Stein, the new offense coordinator, has good plug-ins and good ties and tie-ins with the state of Texas. And Austin Novasad is a Texas kid, so there's a relationship there. Uh, and he is the number 10 rated quarterback in the country. He's rated higher than the kid we talked a lot about last week, the Lincoln Kineholds kid that flipped from Washington to Ohio State. So it's not a bad backup plan. Now, they don't, they don't got him yet. He's still verbally committed to Baylor. Uh, but it sounds like that is their their aggressive plan. For Washington, their class took a big boost. They've, they've been picking up a little bit of steam uh, when you looked at where they were at maybe a month or so ago to where they're at now. I think 10 wins has paid dividends. But as Huffman pointed out, they're kind of in a similar spot to Oregon State where they feel like if we continue to build we'll see the recruiting rankings get to where we want to want them to get and we imagine washington can get back to being a top 20 recruiter in the country hell maybe even this class finishes in the top 20 but they have hit the the transfer portal hard and they've already been aggressive in that nature uh, but their class being number 28 right now where it was a month ago that's a lot of progress and i imagine if they get presley it'll jump up into the top 25 and that would be a good sign because i you know i've when, when washington hired kaylin DeBoer. There was no question about his coaching acumen, his X's and O's. Like, he's won everywhere he's been. But you need to see it when you get to this level, you need, right? Sure, like, to a certain extent, yeah. To, to a certain extent, yeah. But he was at a small level and then went to Fresno State, and he won at Fresno State. And now at Washington, he's obviously off to a great start. I do believe, though, that in modern college football, yes, transfer portal is going to help you a ton. You also got to be able to recruit and develop your own guys. Yes. So you got to be able to bring in your own talent. If you want to get Washington back to where Washington fan wants to get, and that's consistently competing for conference championships year in and year out, you have to have that foundation laid uh, in recruiting. And it was honestly the only concern that I have. And so they're they're trending in the right direction. I'm assuming Husky fan will tell me, hey, wait till 2024, we'll be right there. But to be 28 and a chance to finish in the top 25 would be a good sign for the Huskies. Uh, tomorrow's signing day, baby. I can't wait. Yeah, I think a lot. Of, I just, it gives a lot of people hope and optimism for their teams. I, I'm more so like tomorrow's going to. Yes. Like the Bo Nix, Dante Moore stuff was breaking news. For us yesterday and the day before, eh, I'd imagine Dan Lanning knew what was going to happen on Saturday, right? There was, hey, Bo's coming back, and Dante's like, I like Chip. I want to play tomorrow. I'm going down there. Okay, bye. Yeah, the second he went to L.A., I'm sure they said, uh, maybe we should pivot. Yeah, I think when you're taking <laughs> visits this late, it's yeah. it's kind of a big sign, and then you take a photo with the head coach. I, I guess my point is I'm more just excited for the conference. Uh, I know you'll get to the, the Amazon stuff here uh, that came out from the Sports Business Journal, but mm-hmm. – I, I think it's great. Like, Matt Leinart tweeted this out yesterday. The Pac-12's back. It's back. For a year. Well, yeah, for a year. But you know what? It's going to be a great year. It's exciting. Um, season's over. Usually we pivot out. We get more into other things. I'm still stuck on it because I'm I'm still interested in, like, where it is, where it's going, what's going to happen tomorrow. And, you know, the media deal is going to get announced at some point in the new year. And it sounds like we kind of already know where they're going to go with it. But, you know, you got – all these programs coming back with talent, all of these kind of unknowns going into tomorrow through the portal, mm-hmm. uh, I think it sets up to be another banner year because I thought this year was great for the conference. I know they didn't get a a playoff team and USC came up just short, but they may not get one next year either because they're going to beat each other up because of how talented they are and how exciting I think it all is for the conference to be back, have this quarterback talent, have the coaching talent, 
and we'll see where kind of the chips land tomorrow. It's why I'm going to have permanently double birds flipped up at USC and UCLA. Feels like we're building momentum. We're back. Like, this was a really fun year of Pac-12 football. Next year is going to be incredible, and then it's all going to go away out of greed and uh, bad business moves because USC and UCLA were bankrupt over the last 10 years. Um, we got a lot to get to in the final hour of the show. Mail sack coming up at 8.15. Get your questions in, 503-250-1080. One country's doing it right. Would our country do this for anything? The answer is no, but what's what would come the closest? I'm going to get to that in the final hour of the show. Uh, but I want to start, though, with what Sprague just mentioned, and that is some broadcast news potentially for the Pac-12. How would this make you feel, Pac-12 fans? Because there's some tea leaves out there on what the TV contract's going to look like. And I have, a, I have a feeling it's going to be a little controversial. We'll start the final hour there next on Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we are all realizing that the quality of our air, especially our indoor air, is really darn important. In 30 minutes, Puro Air will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at GetPuroAir.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.